We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.team. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And we were going to do a podcast where we talked about 49ers playoff scenarios. And we're going to do that. But news of Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb injury came down. So we're going to talk about that as well. Let's get into it. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Has got him and a second back inside the 30 yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13 yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. All right, Chris, we were going to do a pod where we just ran through playoff scenarios for the 49ers, but then Jimmy Garoppolo didn't show up at practice. And then Kyle Shanahan said he had a thumb sprain. And then Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter reported that it is a ligament tear and a fracture in his thumb. And that would likely end his season, which leaves us in this very ironic space where the 49ers started Jimmy Garoppolo all year because they thought he gave them the best chance to make the playoffs. But now with two weeks left, they have to turn to their rookie quarterback to try and make the playoffs. And boy, is that a, is that a storyline? Yeah, it's, it's wild to think about just given everything that's happened and how much discussion we've had about Jimmy Garoppolo. And now all of it's kind of moot because he's, it doesn't look like he's going to be available for Sunday. And there is a pretty reasonable chance. I would say in my estimation that he's done for the season and if Jimmy Garoppolo is done for the season, we might have seen him play his last game as the 49ers starting quarterback um, because it's more than likely that they're going to move on from him after the season, sort of no matter what happens. So the fact, I mean, I, I did some reading, you know, did my own research Great job. On, on the oh, internet good. As, good. as people tend to do these days. Yeah. You and, um, reading, reading some things that doctors have, have written about um, UCL tears and without surgery, they say that a thumb needs to be in a cast for four to six weeks to allow proper healing with surgery, the full recovery time for an athlete that like plays sports and like grips something and needs the strength of their thumb uh, is like three to four months before they're fully healthy and ready to go again. So, you know, hearing that he has a thumb sprain and Kyle Shanahan, you know, it, it essentially, Kyle Shanahan doesn't really have to say anything because ultimately in his mind, the most important thing is keeping the Texans off their scent. Mm -hmm. Right. He's, he said it's a thumb sprain and this is my speculation, but he said it's a thumb strain because I think he knows that Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play this week and maybe not the week after that, but by saying that Jimmy Garoppolo or indicating that Jimmy Garoppolo is day to day and has a chance to practice on Wednesday keeps the, the Texans on their toes and potentially they're preparing for both quarterbacks. I ultimately don't think that stuff really happens in the NFL. And I think it's kind of funny when coaches do stuff like this. And maybe, look, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo is going to Iron Man it out and just try to play through the injury. But 
The issue with the UCL tear is it's a tendon that basically connects your thumb to the rest of your hand. And when you tear it, it's completely not, it's unstable. You kind of need stability in your hand if you're going to play NFL quarterback, right? Like you have to grip a football, you have to throw a football. And look, like Jimmy Garoppolo has been prone to having errant passes before he had a thumb injury. So like, it doesn't really make much sense in, in my opinion to play him and I wouldn't expect him to play Sunday nor, and it wouldn't shock me. Like I'm, I'm sort of expecting him to, to be done for the rest of the season um, because a UCL tear is a big deal. And there are only two regular season games left. Even with the less than throwing the football, like taking snaps under center, not fumbling when you get hit. Like there are, there are so many potential issues. I just don't. If Trey Lance is 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 so bad that Jimmy Garoppolo with a torn UCL in his thumb and a fracture in his thumb gives them a better chance to win, they have a problem. <laughs> right. That's uh, why now that that's why Garoppolo playing doesn't track. Like he's got to yeah, be I, healthy and able to throw the ball well. Unless those reports are wrong, which I don't think they are. I don't think they are either. When when Rappaport and Schefter are independently reporting the same thing. Or just sep- separate injuries that are both significant in their own right. Like, we don't have any idea what the fracture looks like. Right. You know? we, like haven't, we, we haven't we, seen that imaging. Yeah, we've, we've seen guys this year come back, come back from, like, fractures in, within a couple weeks. Like, Marcel Harris did it. Elijah Mitchell did it. Right. So, that seems possible. But they're not but, but playing not with quarterback. the UCL tear also. And yeah, they're not a quarterback. Right. So, so yeah. I think Trey Lance starts the next two games. I would agree. Which is fascinating. Extremely. Do you so, think, true or false, Trey Lance would be more equipped to start the last two games and potentially a playoff game had he played more during the regular season? To this point. I, I mean, true, true. It's got to be true. (laughs) Just look at what I know. That's a different position and everything. But Ambry Thomas is a perfect example of this. He was god awful against the Bengals. He was better against the Falcons, and he was pretty good against the Titans. Like three consecutive weeks, market improvement between the first week and the third week. It's weird. I liken it. I mean, it's a completely different sport, and I understand the circumstances are entirely different because a quarterback is different than a basketball player, but like Jonathan Kaminga is getting sprinkled in and looking pretty damn good from time to time. And like that type of stuff will help his development. Anyway, we don't have to get into that too much. Um, But I just, it's going to be fascinating because look what we've heard, you know, Matt Mayoka reported it a couple weeks ago. Um, Kyle Shanahan basically said it today. Trey Lance has had his best month since getting drafted. Mm-hmm. on the practice field against the scout team, which you take it for a grain of salt, but for Kyle Shanahan to say that, I mean, he, he's going to pump his own guy up that, well, that needs, that's, that, that's how we need to couch it. But Trey Lance's first couple of weeks of training camp, if you remember, were pretty damn good. Uh huh. Um, so if he's at that level, then it could be potentially like a pretty exciting thing for the 49ers. If he does come in and play well, Practicing well and playing well are two very different things. Mm -hmm. They wanted him to get better at certain things. And I don't care who you're going against. I don't care if you're doing it on air or in seven on sevens or with the scout team. If you were just flat out more accurate or releasing the ball quicker or more decisive with your throws, like those are all signs of improvement. I don't care where you're doing it. So the fact that he's doing it on the scout team, you know, isn't obviously as significant as if he was doing it with the first team. But the fact they're noticing him getting better in practice is a good sign. And I don't care where it is. Like, I don't need the caveat. You know, Shanahan says he's had his best week. Oh, well, it's just with the scout team. Yeah, but that's better than getting worse with the scout team or not looking better with the scout team. He's Getting, he's improving with the opportunities that he is getting, even if they are, you know, practice only reps. 
So Which, if he's more accurate, that's great news for the 49ers. If his release is quicker, that's great news for the 49ers. Right. Yeah. I, it's just, it's different than what he said earlier in the season, right? Like when mm-hmm. we're asking why Trey Lance doesn't play. And, and one of the things he said in a conference call one day was like, because I'm not trying to give up the season. Wild. When and this was early in the year when when playing the when asked about playing the rookies and, and Trey Lance, but it was I, I try not to read too much into it, but I do believe that Lance has been better on the practice field. And and what that means, like, does it mean that Kyle Shanahan is willing to be more expansive with his game planning, like than he was in that September that October game against Arizona where Trey Lance made his first start and ran QB power a bunch of times? <laughs> Like you're going to have Elijah Mitchell who's who hasn't played, but he obviously has a better feel for the offense now than he did. You have Debo Samuel, who's been incorporated for the running game for the last in the running game for the last couple months. And that could be a huge aid to Trey Lance. Like you have it's it would seem that you have a lot more possibilities, particularly in the running game with Trey Lance as your quarterback. And does that open up everything else? Right. Does that loosen up everything you can do in play action in the passing game? Um, and ultimately, are the 49ers, because of how they'll threaten the field horizontally, will that create opportunities for them to stretch the field vertically in a way that they typically don't with Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. Right. So it could look entirely different. And I've been of the viewpoint that regardless of what where Trey Lance is in his development and how good he is ultimately his talent paired with Kyle Shanahan's play calling is going to raise the ceiling of the offense it should so you might have you might have some typical rookie lumps which we've seen throughout the league mm-hmm. but ultimately in a in a high leverage scenario like third and four with the season on the line like do you want Trey Lance out there or do you want Jimmy Garoppolo like it's debatable. Like you'd want Garoppolo for his experience and and just his knowledge mm-hmm. of the offense and things like that. But you also might just want the guy that has more athletic ability who could go totally. scramble and make a play and make a throw on the run and do things that Garoppolo typically doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's sort of that can stand out beyond the experience aspect of it. Well, and I think too, when we talked about the formula for the 49ers winning with Jimmy Garoppolo under center. It was play good defense, don't turn the ball over, run the ball effectively, get into, you know, second and third and short, and just get efficient play from Jimmy Garoppolo. Can Trey Lance go 17 of 24 and not throw an interception and convert some third downs either with his arm or with his legs? He doesn't have to go be Dan freaking Marino. Like The 49ers aren't going to ask him to do that. I just, I, I, and I think this is, this is kind of the rub with him not starting week one is it's not like this, this is a high flying passing attack that, that needs a quarterback that knows the ins and outs of, of the entire offense. Um, It's a, it's pretty limited from a, from a passing perspective. And I just, that doesn't change with, with Jimmy Garoppolo out. And I think there's just an added layer of of athleticism now under center that should, I as you said, that should allow the 49ers offense to be better even with an inexperienced quarterback under center. You know, it's just I don't I don't unless Trey Lance is really bad, which I don't think he is, like they should be fine. Like you should be able to move the football. Particularly against Houston, right? Like Houston's just not very good. Particularly against Houston. Although they just beat the brakes off the Chargers. So we saw Trey Lance, like he did it in the preseason. He did it in the second half of that Seattle game. Like, remember Kyle Juszczyk running free, wide open for a would be touchdown against Tennessee on Thursday? Mm -hmm. Like, we've seen Trey Lance already make that throw a couple times. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he hit Debo Samuel in that wide open touchdown against Seattle. Basically the same route. Trent Sherfield in the uh, yeah preseason. The preseason game. So, yeah, like this is a big game for Kyle Shanahan in terms of his play calling because I did not think Kyle Shanahan did a good job in that Arizona game. And 
using Trey Lance as like his featured running back didn't make any sense to me. Like, I think you use Trey Lance's legs as a part of your running game, but making him the focal point of your running game the first month into his first season just didn't seem like it made a lot of sense. And then he came out of the game hurt. It was weird. It was, it was just, it was very odd. And, you know, maybe Kyle Shanahan didn't trust, didn't trust him to know all the concepts in the running game and things like that to be more diverse with it. But I mean, ultimately Trey Lance's preparation is a reflection of Kyle Shanahan as a coach. Absolutely. If Trey Lance is needed in that situation and Trey Lance isn't isn't mentally ready or just you know, like capable of playing in that spot, then that's on Shanahan because he's the one who picked him mm-hmm. and he's the one in charge of developing him. And if he's not developing at the rate you want, that's that's on Kyle Shanahan. That's it's on Kyle Shanahan and it's on Trey Lance, obviously. Right. Like Trey Lance has to hold up his end, end of the bargain as well, but like but- it never seemed like Trey Lance wasn't. It but seemed we like were... whatever, you know, the the reports about Trey Lance regressing, like all that sort of came when training camp stopped and the starters were getting the majority of reps during practice and Trey Lance was going against the scout team. We were led to believe that this year off for Lance, this quote-unquote year off, was best for his development. He's had 15 weeks. If he's developed and this process is going well, he should be fine. Like I said, this isn't this isn't something where they need him to drop back 40 times and complete 75% of his throws and throw for 350 and four touchdowns. I don't think he's capable of doing that. And he he may never be. But but his his talent level combined with the development that's supposed to be going on behind the scenes, he shouldn't be getting better. And he should certainly be better than he was in week five. Now that he's had a full crack at this, he should know going in, he's going to be the starter this week. And if Kyle Shanahan is any kind of coach, which he is any kind of play caller, which I think he is, I think you can learn a lot from what Lance did in week five. And George Kittle's healthy now. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr.'s back and looking more effective. Yeah, George Kittle didn't play in that first game, right? Right. Um, Brandon Ayuk hadn't really gotten out of the doghouse yet, or the doghouse he wasn't in. I don't know. Um, you know, Debo Samuel, they're they're using him more creatively now. I just I think that we're going to see, I don't know how many times the Lance is gonna run, but I don't think we'll see as many designed runs because they have so many different ways to create yards now. And Shanahan should have at least a little more faith in his quarterback to make some throws. Yeah. I mean, instead of designing what are like 11 runs for him. Yeah. Debo Samuel, three catches for 58 yards, uh, one 13 yard rushing touchdown in that game. Right. And the 49ers obviously had a lot of issues on fourth down. Um, a lot of which were Lance runs that you could basically call out well before the snap. Like you would see like seven guys on the line, of, seven off uh, blockers on the line of scrimmage, Lance alone in shotgun with in an empty set. So you're like, it's quarterback power. And, <laughs> right. and, it, and it was right. over and right. over again. And it just didn't make any sense. And in this spot now, even if, even if Shanahan thinks like, yeah, I don't think he can make this throw and make this play. Like, you got to take the training wheels off. They have to win their next two games. At least they have to at least win against Houston. And if you make it easy for Houston by paring down the offense and running six plays, <laughs> that's that's not a great way to to beat that team. Like you have to trust that hey, you made the right pick and he's going to make plays. And if you don't trust him to do that in week 17 of his rookie season, I have a hard time believing like you're going to feel great about him going into next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough because we saw, we've seen all the other rookie quarterbacks struggle in certain Mm -hmm. spots, right? 
Sure. But the difference is now, particularly with somebody like Mac Jones, it's like he's played all year. But I'm not even talking about performance. I'm just talking about like their play calling. Yeah. That, like I said, the offense in week five looks so pared down and the running game just looks so unimaginative. Right. And at this point, if you still think going into week 17, like, man, we got to cut the playbook way down. Like, that's not great. Yeah, I mean, there are ways. I, I just don't think you're going to, you're not going to be as expansive with the playbook as you would with Jimmy Garoppolo because well, he's been sure. here four years. But but I'm talking about, okay, let me be more specific. The creative running stuff that we talked about yeah. after they drafted Trey Lance and yeah. going into week five, we talked about it on this podcast. Like, man, they might run the hell out of the football against Arizona because there's all this cool stuff they can do. Cardinals run defense isn't very good. And then they did none of it. Elijah Mitchell had like nine carries in that game and he was healthy. Right. It was just not an imaginative, interesting game plan at all. And so while you're right, they're not gonna they're not gonna throw the entire playbook at Lance. I do think that there's more. Did you see the Jalen Waddle rushing touchdown tonight? I did. I guess it technically wasn't a rushing touchdown, like it should be, but it wasn't. <laughs> Where it's he's lined up slot left, and it's Tua in the pistol with the running back behind him. And Tua takes a snap and goes like he's gonna run an option with the running back, but Waddle comes back across left to right, and Tua like tosses it to him on a little shovel pass thing going the other direction. Like that's the kind of stuff that like, man, that would work with Trey Lance because defenses really, really have to account for his legs. And that's more what I mean by expanding the playbook a little more, at least in the run game. Like they have to be more creative because whatever they did against Arizona, like, honestly, I know Houston's bad. That's not going to work against Houston. 49ers when they run for fewer than a hundred yards are zero and four and they're eight and three when they run for over a hundred yards. Hmm. Um, but in that in that week five Falcons game, or sorry, Cardinals game, they ran it hundred for 152 yards. Like Trey Lance was effective on the ground, but to me, for them to be successful over these last two weeks, like you need to run the ball for 200 yards in each of these games. Right? Yes. Like it needs to look like the Minnesota game. Yes. Uh, or like a better version of the Falcons game, right? And like with Elijah Mitchell back and potentially with fresh legs, we have no idea how healthy he is. We know he's dealing with a knee injury also in addition to that concussion. Mm-hmm. But it should be a game where the 49ers give five different guys carries yep. and go horizontally up every which direction and go play action and take some deep shots. Like that to me... If you're if you make it if you make the game plan super centered about the running game and then just have super simplified pass concepts that are built off of play action to where defenders are out of position making life easier on Trey Lance, mm-hmm. like that to me is what should be a very successful way to approach this game on Sunday with your rookie quarterback. And we've seen Kyle Shanahan simplify and go back and use college concepts before, right? Like that was the whole mm-hmm. thing with RG three. Right. was that they incorporated a lot of elements of Baylor's offense to make RG3 comfortable right. in 2012. So they could potentially do some of that with Trey Lance as well. And I think go when you watch the opening drive against Tennessee, Garoppolo was five for five for 59 yards or whatever he was, but it was so many easy throws, like rollouts and moving the pocket and just having receivers in two levels running with them where you just find the open one and, and hit them. That's the kind of stuff I think you need to see with Lance where get him into a rhythm. And I know you got to stretch the field a little bit and I think they will, but um, honestly, the biggest improvement I think you could, you could see from, from him would be like when a play breaks down, just take off and don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the, the, the inner, thing- I'm, the, the interception thing, of Travis Benjamin sticks out. Like, right. That, that was, run for uh, that, first that's exactly what I was going to say. The biggest thing that sticks out for me is, is the overall accuracy. Mm, mm-hmm. Because I could see, I mean, we, we've, we saw it in the preseason, we saw it during training camp that like he can make every single throw. Right. He has a much better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo has a super quick release mm. and can be accurate but probably not as accurate as you would like on those passes to get guys, um, you know, yards after the catch and stuff like that. But where Lance really 
can change things is his ability to hit outside the numbers downfield deep shots Mm -hmm. like that could really raise the ceiling for everything and we mentioned George Kittle didn't play in that week five game I mean George Kittle is the 49ers offense yep like with what he does in the running game as a blocker is obviously super important for a run heavy scheme like the 49ers but what he does in the passing game to create multiplicity in the way that the Niners can attack things. That's, Mm -hmm. that's everything. Right. And the 49ers didn't have that when they, when Trey Lance had his first start in Arizona. Yeah. So that, that will be a very unique wrinkle. And I think that will help Lance a lot. Lance a lot. Lance a lot. Nice. Brutal. (laughs) Not intentional. Um, in addition, in addition to having like a better idea of how you can use Debo Samuel in other ways, aside from just being a receiver and Brandon Ayuk now being a better player than he was early in the year. Right. The 49ers need to win. They need to win at least their next game against the Texans at Levi Stadium. And there should be a sold out crowd at Levi Stadium. That place should be rocking and you're going to want to be there. OK, so maybe you don't have tickets. Well, there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find 49ers tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. So what TickPick did is they got rid of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge that make it so like, hey, you found this awesome price for seats and then you go to checkout, da-da-da, and then by the end, you're paying way more than you were expecting to pay. Yeah, that doesn't happen with TickPick. If you see a seat for X dollars, that ticket is going to cost you X dollars. Uh, the whole way through. So that allows them to guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. So this is a part where I'm supposed to talk about like a personal experience or whatever. Here's, Here's the deal, man. If you're debating whether or not to go to a 49ers game this year, this is the game you have to go to against Houston. It's their last home game of the year. Even if they make the postseason, their odds are very slim to get a home playoff game. And they need to beat Houston. This is a Houston team that just beat the Chargers. Um, The 49ers may not have Jimmy Garoppolo under center, which is another reason to go. If you want to see Trey Lance in person, this very likely could be your shot to do so. And the 49ers have a ton on the line in regards to their playoff hopes. So get in the building and do so with TickPick. Visit TickPick.com slash Candlestick today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com slash Candlestick, and we'll see you at the stadium. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do we look at Jimmy Garoppolo's season overall? It was fine. Like it was just, it was a Jimmy Garoppolo season. Like he is who we thought he was. Yeah. I think it was exactly, 
it was like the Jimmy Garoppolo experience to a T. Like, totally. You had spots where he looked really good. Yep. And he functioned within the offense highly. You had spots where he turned the ball over in a maddening way. And he got he's gotten injured twice now. You saw why the 49ers thought that they could win with him this year. But you also saw why they're moving on from him. And I think Thursday was kind of the... Like, if that's his final game as a 49er, which it looks for all intents and purposes to be, it's... It, like it, he went out on the quintessential Garoppolo game yeah. where he made some really nice throws, but ultimately the mistakes weren't, weren't enough to outweigh the good. And that's just Jimmy Garoppolo in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, fine. I, but yeah, I think what's worth reiterating just to, because people, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo and any quarterback really is a polarizing figure among the fan base, unless you have like, I guess even Aaron Rodgers and like Russell Wilson are polarizing at this point. <laughs> so every quarterback's polarizing. Fair. But the, the difference with Garoppolo is that the standard is so high because the 49ers are trying to win Super Bowls. We're trying to contend right. for Super Bowls. And to contend for Super Bowls, the best way to do it is have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Can you get to the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Can you get to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Obviously, we've seen that. But it took the best defense in the league and one of the best running games in the league. Right. So and your margin for error with Jimmy Garoppolo is just incredibly small. And as we've seen in the NFL, your strengths aren't always your strengths. But the best quarterbacks, year in and year out, give your team a chance to contend, sort of regardless of what those roster strengths and how what they are and how they fluctuate. And we've seen right. the Niners' roster strengths fluctuate. And Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been able to lift to lift the entire roster up and say, all right, I'm going to carry us for a little while. Right. Like when the 49ers run the ball efficiently and Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn the ball over, they're good. But there are games where they don't run the ball efficiently and it's like it doesn't feel like they have any chance because if right. Jimmy Garoppolo has to pass, you're facing a situation where he's going to turn the ball over. Yeah, at some point, like to to win the Super Bowl as a wild card team, you have to win four games in a row, which means you need four really good Jimmy Garoppolo games in a row, and that's hard to bank on. Like you just you can't you can't bet on that. We have a three season ish sample size of it. He's just not, he's, he's fine. He's in that Kirk cousins tier. Like he just like, yeah, you're going to win some regular season games, but when it comes down to the playoffs, like you're probably not going to go very far. And I know they did in 2019, but for the reasons that you laid out, like nobody's listening to Jimmy Garoppolo in the top three reasons they went to the Super Bowl that year. And I think the tide turned, started to turn against him on honestly, after the interception in the divisional playoffs against the Vikings, I think he threw it like 11 times in the second half and then threw it eight times in the, in the NFC championship game. And then the Super Bowl came down to him missing a couple of throws. Like that's that, that was when it was like, Oh, like this, this offense is limited right. by the quarterback. Yeah. So they're, I want to go through sort of what, like, try to figure out what scenarios we could see over the next couple of weeks, right? Because there's a wide variance. It could be Trey Lance comes in. He's actually really good. Kyle Shanahan gets in his bag a little bit in terms of play calling. They execute really well. And then it's like, holy shit, the Niners could be really dangerous because none of this stuff with Trey Lance is really scouted. And he is lifting the ceiling of the offense like I'm talking about. The other side of it, of course, is that Trey Lance is a rookie quarterback. He could come in and turn the ball over three times in the next two games. And the 49ers could lose and potentially be out of the playoffs. Like there's, I have no idea what to expect, but I do know that Trey Lance lifts the ceiling and ultimately, you know, I don't want to say it's a complete referendum on Kyle Shanahan, but like there's a lot at stake for Kyle Shanahan and how we're going to talk about him throughout the entire offseason or even the playoffs, like depending on how these next two games go. Because if Lance looks great and it's like, well, 
Kyle Shanahan did the right thing. He got the most out of Trey Lance. They made a playoff yeah. run with him, and now you feel really good about Lance going into the season as a starter next year. If Lance comes in and stinks, then it's like, well, <laughs> Kyle yeah. Shanahan had a chance to develop him, but he didn't. And well, now you don't really feel all that great about Lance going into next season, and the entire offseason is going to be story after story after story about Lance's development and whether or not the 49ers screwed up and all the draft capital that they gave up and they won't have a first round pick for the next two years. Like these next two weeks are going to go a long way towards shaping the discussion of Kyle Shanahan and just the direction that he decided to take. Right. And that's, that's (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) Pressure Trey. These two games are going to be an entire indictment or these two games are going to be an indictment on Trey Lance's entire rookie season. And to, to, to that point. So, okay, let, let's, let's say he starts and they lose both games. Just, I, I don't think that's likely, but let's say that happens. Everything that you said is, is going to happen where it's questioning Kyle Shanahan and did they make the right pick and everything's a disaster. And, you know, the sky is falling in, in Santa Clara. Even though, never mind, it, that's how it's going to be. But if they win these two games and Trey Lance looks awesome, the discussion is not going to be, wow, look at the job the 49ers did developing Trey Lance. The discussion is going to be, why has this guy been riding the bench all year? Why hasn't this guy been seeing the field? And that I may think- not be, I, that may not be logical and that may not be the correct way to look at it. But I promise you, like I follow 49ers people on Twitter. I promise you that is going to be the prevailing discussion that the 49ers messed up and they could have won the division if they had only started number five in week one. Because imagine how good he would have been if he had gotten all those starts. We'll see both sides of it. There, there will be. I think you're right, because I'll certainly have that discussion because I'd been pining for Trey Lance to start since right. early on in training camp. Mm hmm. But there will also be people who say, well, Trey wasn't ready and Shanahan did the right thing and and he's good now because they did take their time with him. There there is going to be that argument. We'll never know. Of course. That's kind of the thing about it. We'll never know. Like, you know, like if it it could go either way, Trey Lance could have been awesome from the jump week one if he had gotten every single training camp rep and all of the first team reps that Garoppolo got throughout the entire process. Or it could also be like he simply wasn't ready. It didn't really have much to do with Kyle Shanahan because at some point, like at some level, you have to divorce the player's development from the coaches. Like I understand that, even though the cult, the coaches are ultimately the ones culpable when they pick those players. Right. So we'll, we're just never going to know the answer to that. And it's going to take like years down the line, like it'll be something that gets talked about, but it's not going to get talked about by any of the acting people like in in truth like truthfully everyone what's more likely what's more likely the Niners win the next two or lose the next two like which way do you lean I know I'm not asking for your like your prediction but if you had to because like you I'm with you I could very realistically see both sides I think the most likely outcome if the Rams have anything to play for in week 18 is they split them because I think the Rams could throw some stuff at Trey Lance with just with what they have on defense that could that could confuse him in his first start against them. But they should be able to beat Houston with Trey Lance at quarterback. If the Rams win on Sunday, they clinch the division. Even if the Cardinals win? Uh yes. According oh no, never mind. But this the, thing is if the car but here's the thing. All right. The Cardinals go to Dallas. Right. Uh host Dallas the Cardinals play the Cowboys and the Cardinals aren't playing well and the Cowboys are playing well yes so if the Rams win and the Cardinals lose the Rams win the division right which seems possible then they don't really have anything to play for unless the one seeds up for grabs yeah which I would be surprised if it was but yeah so there's a possibility that the Rams don't have much to play for in week 18 yeah um 
You want to get into playoff scenarios then since we're I didn't, I didn't answer your question about though. Um I, I think what's more like oh, nice. I think winning more winning winning the uh the last two games is more likely than them losing the last two because they should beat Houston and there is a chance right. that, that the Rams don't. I'm inclined um, to agree with you. Yeah. And they just have like it's still hard for me to look around that offense and just all the talent and not be like, yeah, the, the quarterback should be good no matter who it is. Right, like you have Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and a pretty good offensive line, and potentially Elijah Mitchell, who's one of the better young young running backs in the league, and Kyle Shanahan dialing everything up. Like, you don't need an elite quarterback to make that work, just like in a vacuum, like Sunday against Houston. Mm -hmm. You need to you need it to work, obviously. Like, to you need that quarterback to be great to win a Super Bowl, right? But just to win these next two, you you might just need somebody who doesn't turn the ball over who can like mm-hmm. run the offense and just not give it away. Right. Can you throw in breaking routes? <laughs> right. Can you hit, can you hit George Kittle when he's wide open down the scene? Like that's, yeah, that's what I'm looking for, but let's talk about, so we were talking about the Rams and they could potentially come to division and what that means for the Niners and week 18. The Niners are in a little bit of a hairy spot in terms of their playoff chances. But they got some help on Monday night with the Dolphins beating the Saints. I checked out of that game at 20 to 3. I think that was the final. Yeah. The the Dolphins beat the Saints 20 to 3. But the Niners aren't out of the woods quite yet. The easiest path, we'll start here. So their easiest path to the playoffs is next week, the Niners beat the Texans and the Saints lose to the Panthers. That that clinches a playoff spot for the 49ers as early as next week. That's scenario number one. Now, is that likely? I don't know, because the Panthers aren't very good. And Ian Book probably isn't going to start again for the Saints. Because Ian Book is also not very good. Yeah, I'm just going through the, the predictor tool on 538 and uh, trying to see what permutations there are. But yeah, it looks like what you said is right and that the saints losing and the Niners winning is the only way the Niners can clinch a playoff spot next week, next week. Right. Um, if the Niners went out, they clinch. Right. Right. That should be said. Yes. Um, they currently have a 75% chance to make it according to five thirty-eight. that increases to 80, 81%. Um, if they beat Houston, obviously they clinch a playoff spot. If, Saints lose to Carolina, which certainly seems possible if Ian Book has to play again. Yeah. Um, Honestly, it's possible if Taysom Hill plays too. Oh, yeah, it's it's definitely possible. But (laughs) I think the key thing here is that because the Saints have fallen out, the Niners are in the sixth seed, Philadelphia's in the seventh seed, Minnesota's in the eighth seed, Atlanta's in the ninth seed. The Niners have the head-to-head tiebreaker over all those teams. Mm -hmm. So I'm not entirely sure like if there's a three-way tie i'm pretty sure the head-to-head stuff still applies because the 49ers have played both those teams i don't know how it would shake out between philadelphia and minnesota i don't know if those two teams have played each other off the top of my head but that gets complicated but the point is niners went out they clinch they win on sunday they clinch if the saints lose one of their next two they clinch following a niners win on sunday right so they're in they're in a pretty good spot still but that's essentially what that loss on thursday did was take away any ease you have going into the last two weeks right because if they if they had beat tennessee and everything else went the same they would clinch with a win next week right and no no extra help so that was a that was a really tough loss yeah, it was crazy. Think like we we talked about it before the game. How there were people who said coming off the Atlanta game, like the Niners should, you know, take their foot off the gas, rest some guys, try to get healthy, um, you know, against Tennessee. And it's like, no, they they need wins. And I mentioned it like going into that game. Like, there's a chance Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt at some point, and then you would really prefer to have the comfort of an, another win under your belt going into these into these last couple of weeks. So you don't have to win necessarily with Trey Lance as your starter. But now right. 
it was sort of like the the worst of both worlds in that you lost the game and then you did lose Jimmy Garoppolo probably for the season and now it's like you you're in a must-win situation with Trey Lance who is a rookie quarterback who hasn't played very much what a spot like it's fascinated I'm I'm really so interesting this excited about a regular season game in a while maybe since like the 20 the 2019 finale in Seattle yeah Niners could have gotten the first or sixth seed there's a world yeah where after this week the Niners Eagles Vikings Falcons and Saints are all eight and eight Which would just be chaos. Yeah, I don't need to like the seedings are tough to talk about. Like it's tough to go through all the tiebreakers in an audio medium that's not like well, right. And here's uh, here's sense to the listener while we do it. Here's the thing with the Niners, as far as being the six or the seven seed. So if they're the six seed right now, if the season ended today, (laughs) it's just the worst phrase in sports. If the season ended today, which it doesn't. Um, the Niners would uh, would go to the Rams, would visit the Rams. If they were the seven seed, they'd visit Dallas. I, the seeding doesn't matter to me. Yeah, you're looking at if they're the six seed, one of Dallas, the Rams, or Tampa Bay. Like those those teams, I, I, I mean, I guess you'd at least want to face Tampa Bay. But if yeah. they're if if they're getting in, Trey Lance is starting their playoff game. FYI. Assuming Garoppolo's injury is going to keep him out five to six weeks. Yeah, I I have no idea about the injury. I just know what I've read, and like torn UCLs, no no good. Yeah, man, but that's a tough thing to try to play through. Like, I don't I don't know what Russell Wilson's ligament injury was, but he had made every start of his career since coming in the league in 2011. Like, didn't miss a single start, and then mm-hmm. had to miss five or six weeks or whatever it was like with the ligament injury, like ligaments are, that's, that's like, it's not about playing through pain. It's about your thumb functioning and actually being able to grip the football. Like it has nothing to do with pain tolerance and being a tough guy. It's just like, I'm really trying to grip this football, but I can't. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If, if Garoppolo can grip the football and throw it effectively, like he's going to play. Right. But if they're limited to every throw is behind the line of the scrimmage and everything's a toss, like they're not going to play it. Well, it, right. And the whole thing too, not the whole thing, but a big part of it when they went and made the trade for a quarterback was Kyle Shanahan said, we needed a better backup. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a long-term stuff, obviously, but another part of it, which he said explicitly, was like, we need a better option than what we've had in the last couple of years. Do you Garoppolo think gets hurt? Do you think that, Kyle Shanahan would rather have Nick Mullins starting this game. <laughs> what about I'm, Kyle Shanahan I am, have Mac Jones in this game? Oof. <laughs> Boy. Um no. Hey, uh, can I can I real quick, since we're on the rookie quarterback thing, can I go on a side on a little tangent right here? Sure. Zach Wilson is cheeks. <laughs> that dude is not good at football. I'm, yeah. I'm if he is if he proves me wrong, great. I want to see young players succeed, but my god, like yeah. there's missing there's missing easy throws, and then there's and then there's drilling an offensive lineman in the back on a screen that's open. You know, like didn't the Jets win on Sunday? Yeah, no, they did. They beat the Jags. Big ups, <laughs> but. No, just Zach. Like when you talk rookie quarterbacks, just Zach Wilson isn't very good. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not. I, I agree with you in that it hasn't been a good rookie season. But like, and this might be a bad example given how he's turned out. But like Jared Goff had one of the worst rookie seasons ever, and then helped get the Rams to the Super Bowl a couple of years later. I know that hasn't worked out, but it does. It does happen like that. Like it can totally. happen like that. Do you trust the Jets to hire Sean McVay? No, uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, it's tough. I mean, when you, when you no, the whole thing a bad team, 
as a rookie court like it's it's hard to be on a it's, it's hard to like be a rookie quarterback and uplift a bad team he was supposed they were talking about him like patrick mahomes like did you well, see his Chris pro Sims day was talking about him like patrick Mahomes. Uh, off platform throws arm angles uh, and he's just Twitch, like oh yeah Twitchy. he just can't make regular throws anyways yeah i wanted to go on that tangent i need i need three years at least two seasons in the league before I like decide on a, on a quarterback. I will say sure. though, it hasn't been a good rookie season for Zach Wilson. I agree with you on that nightmare scenario for the 49ers. Trey Lance loses these next two and the Patriots win the Super Bowl. Or Kyle Which, like, vindication. To it's everybody. not super likely, but it's on the table. Kyle Shanahan would puff his chest out to everybody in the 49ers organization and say, I told you, Mac, Mac, Jones how, fa- how fast after the final horn of the <laughs> Patriots winning the Super Bowl would the report be leaked that that's who Kyle Shanahan wanted the whole time? I mean, that's already been reported, right? I guess it hasn't really, it was reported during the time, but it, we haven't gotten like the post draft. Yeah. There hasn't Lance been a isn't the guy he wanted. Right. All of the Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones stuff was reported during the draft, but since then, obviously, since they took Lance, it was uh, subject. He was the guy the whole time, yeah. right? And I, I give look, it. I give I, it I'm a not week. saying I know. I'm not I give saying it a I know that Kyle Shanahan preferred Mac Jones. I'm just saying through my reporting, I I know for a fact that Kyle Shanahan loved Mac Jones. Sure. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying I know he preferred him over Lance. I'm just saying there was. Based on what I've heard and people I've talked to, like that's real. Yeah. And so I think that's right. Yeah. People get mad at the media for reporting stuff that doesn't happen. It's like, listen, man, everybody in the know didn't know what was going on. Right. Like, I'm fairly certain that Mac Jones thought he was getting taken third by the 49ers. And I think Trey Lance probably thought the same thing. Right. Right. So, like, it's just, anyway. People love to shoot the messengers, but I give it a week until there's a Mike Silver Twitter thread about the a, a, <laughs> a TikTok, and I mean like in the writing sense, not a video like a TikTok video, but like a TikTok on the big argument between Shanahan and the scouting staff and how everybody in the building wanted Lance, but he wanted Mac Jones, and yeah. My theory is I give that it a week. my theory is that it was like Shanahan saw Mac and was like, "All right, let's make the trade." And like, I'm comfortable enough taking Mac to at least make the trade. And now let's go through it and see what we think. And I think within the organization and the personnel department, there was much more support for Lance than Mac. And I think Shanahan was kind of on an Island. Not that people didn't think Mac would be good, but I, and I don't, it's about ceiling. Yeah. It's about ceiling, but like, I think Shanahan might have been on an island with the Mac thing and then be like, all right, everybody I've hired thinks I should take this guy. Like, maybe I should listen to everybody who I've hired. Interesting. That's my theory. I like that we're rehashing this on December 28th. The only thing I feel comfortable saying, like, as a reporter, something I feel I would feel comfortable reporting is that Shanahan loved Mac Jones. Sure. But I won't, I, I can't report that I know that Shanahan preferred Mac over Lance. I can't say that. Right. Anyway. I'm just saying that scenario is on. The table. <laughs> yeah. It, that would be a nightmare. It would be, but man, like I don't think the Pats are beating the chiefs. I don't think the chiefs they certainly weren't going to beat the bills on Sunday. They, they may not even beat the Colts, bro. Yeah. The Pats might be the fourth or fifth best team in the AFC. I feel great about my Chiefs plus 1,200 bet, by the way, that I made yeah. while sitting next to you outside a bar in San Jose. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Plus 1,200 to win the whole thing or get to the Super Bowl? To win the whole thing. Okay. I feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be the number one seed, it looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Here's here's Sunday, here's Sunday's my here's the just, ultimate question. Here's great. here's my here's my so much drama. I have a this is my overarching question. Then I have nothing left to say on this podcast. Does your thoughts on what the 49ers can accomplish this season change at all 
with news that Trey Lance would likely start the rest of their games. If Trey Lance does start the rest of their games, I think they have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl than they would have if Jimmy Garoppolo had been their quarterback. I think they're both very unlikely. I feel since they're the sixth seed, but it is such an advantage to have an unscouted quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like we saw it with Colin Kaepernick, right? Yeah. Like just being unscouted and being able to do things schematically that defenses aren't prepared for because they've been watching tape on Jimmy Garoppolo all year. Mm -hmm. That is a massive advantage. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Shanahan can exploit it. If the skill players in the offensive line stay healthy, Mm -hmm. particularly like Elijah Mitchell and George Kittle and Debo Samuel, like you could really create something fascinating that might be terrifying to defenses. But if Trey Lance plays like an inexperienced rookie and turns the ball over and is inaccurate on throws, then all that stuff might not matter. But the ceiling for the team is just much higher with Trey Lance. And I think Kyle Shanahan is good enough at getting guys open in the passing game to make it so Lance isn't having to make super high difficulty throws and that you could have a training wheels offense, at least for the Houston game, and then expand on it in the Rams game. And then hopefully expand on that even more in in the playoff game. If, if the 49ers do make it. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I don't feel any differently about the 49ers. Like just, I thought they were like, yeah, they're going to go to the playoffs and they might lose in the first round or go to the Super Bowl. Like I still feel that way. If you, if we were able to ask every defensive coordinator in the league who they'd rather face, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance in the playoffs, what do you think the ratio would be for coordinators saying Lance? I I think it would. So let's see. So there, it's six other teams. I think it would be like most of them would say they'd rather see Garoppolo, but I think that's for two reasons. One, they've seen Garoppolo before and they have a better idea of how to game plan for him. Two, it's already a headache game planning for the 49ers, I imagine. Trying to get ready for an offense with a mobile quarterback that you're guessing at what it might look like and then they're running Debo Samuel and they're running Brandon Ayuk and it's George Kittle and it's just that. That just seems like a freaking nightmare for a defensive coordinator. So I think they would probably all say Garoppolo. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Because at worst, you know, Garoppolo is going to give you an opportunity to take the ball away more than likely. Yeah, but then again. I mean, Lance Lance probably will too. Right. That That's the thing is if you think there's something that you can exploit with Lance or different ways that you can trick him with coverage disguises or whatever it is, different blitzes, then, you know. Like I said, the Niners just seem like a pain in the ass and adding another eligible runner to that group just seems kind of like something I wouldn't want to deal with. Yeah. One thing we'll But talk then again, about... if all he's going to do is run quarterback power, like you'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um... If it is, if it is, I have very serious questions about Kyle Shanahan. And yeah, I don't think it will be like we've seen too many like awesome running plays that they do where it's like, man, what a cool scheme. Like, yeah, it, that's why it was just so surprising to see that game plan unfold the way it did in, in Arizona. Hopefully, I, I mean, for hopefully for Kyle Shanahan, for Kyle Shanahan's sake, like they're better on first and second down and ergo better on third down to where they don't have to pin all of their hopes on converting like four different fourth downs. Right. Like that Cardinals right. game. So, but they do get lucky in that Houston is bad and Houston's really bad. Although I don't know. I got to see what the hell they did to the Chargers. That was weird. Yeah. Based on my reading and, and listening to other podcasts, it was a lot of terrible Chargers defense and missed tackles and mm-hmm. Joey Bosa not being available. And I think Derwin James was hurt. What? Um, but Davis Mills. Stanford guy coming home, revenge game. Kind of watch out. Bay Area revenge game. 
He's going to throw a touchdown and then point up to John Lynch in the owner's box. Right. What could have been? <laughs> All right. I don't have anything left to say. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with midweek updates on the injury situation. It's going to be really interesting to see on Wednesday what um, who's practicing and who's not. Real quick injury stuff. Elijah Mitchell, Shanahan said a chance he could play this week. Um, Aziz Alshire out the next two weeks at least. Um, Emmanuel Mosley still out until at least next week. Chance for Drake Greenlaw to return this week, but they're more hopeful for next week. And I think that's it. I think I got them all. We can, we can talk more about injury stuff Wednesday. Okay? Yeah. All right. That's what we'll do. See you guys in the midweek. Thanks so much for listening. We will see you next time. Subscribe, rate, review. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.